0: Hi, I'm Josh, and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It's the 15th of December, 2021, and this is podcast number 33. We are very, very close to the end of the year now. I'm not going to say this will be my last podcast for 2021, but it might be. I had some uh, intentions of doing a podcast last week, but uh, this being the silly season, it just seems really hard to find the time to sit down and actually record these and process them and get them up on the web. So this is kind of the first chance I've had um, for two weeks to sit down and actually do a podcast. And to be honest, I got inspired and quite excited about uh, this particular podcast. And I'll come to the reasons why uh, in a couple of minutes. In fact, if you've read the headline, you already know. That uh, there's a solution for the Canon EOS R3 being able to go at 30 frames per second. So I'm really excited about that, and, and I'm going to share that with you. What that solution is, uh, and what it means, and how to set up the camera to to do that. But just before I get into that, a couple of um, a couple of other small things. Um, I was really excited to find uh, to get notification this week that uh, the World Photographic Cup. Uh, selections have been confirmed for 2022. If you don't know about the WPC, this is very much the Olympics of photography. Um, it's, or at least our equivalent anyway. And I've uh, been fortunate to have participated or been selected to participate in this for more than uh, four times now. And twice I've, I've actually meddled with a bronze medal and then a silver medal again last year. So to be selected for the fourth time to be part of Team Australia for the WP, WPC Cup is uh, very exciting, and I'm very honoured. And really really looking forward to that. I mean, I would absolutely love to take a gold and complete the set. That would be really quite phenomenal. Um, I don't believe it might happen, but I would love it to happen, if you know what I mean. That would be quite amazing. It's really quite a thrill to represent Australia uh, in the WPC. Look, there are many, many photographic competitions around the world today. Most of them are nothing more than money-making exercises uh, for the for the organisers. Some of them are rights grabs for photographs. There are very few that truly matter in the world. This is one of them, I believe. You know, with many, many countries around the world participating and putting together teams of entrants, um, this really does represent some of the best photography in the world. It's well worth taking a few minutes out of your day. Jump over to the uh, World Photographic Cup website, just Google it, and uh, have a look at some of the images that are in uh, in the various teams for two thousand and twenty two. I think it's pretty fantastic, and we'll see how that goes. The finalists get announced. I believe I think it's early next year, so I'll have more to say on this uh, once the finalists have been announced. Uh, I look forward to that very much. It's very interesting to go through and see the entrance from the different countries and see the different styles of photography. So check that out. It's well worth your well worth your while. So putting that aside, let's move on to the Canon EOS R three. And just before I get into this uh, issue of the fix for 30 frames per second, I'm not normally uh, that, I should say, I don't normally put that much stock in DxO's ratings for camera sensors. I don't think they're really that meaningful in real world use. I mean, it doesn't really matter whether a sensor scores 94, 96, 98, whatever. Uh, It doesn't make any difference to whether it's a good photograph or not. And in fact, in many ways, people put far too much emphasis on things like DxO. And it's become the antithesis of good photography, really, because people are far too worried about, you know, is their camera sensor scoring well enough instead of actually worrying about whether they're taking a good photograph, which is far more important. So I've never put that much stock in DxO ratings. I just don't consider them that important. But what was interesting is that last week, DXO did actually come out and say they've tested the Canon EOS R3, and they actually rate it as the best full-frame low-light performer yet. Now, I think this is really interesting. I I did a lot of comparisons between the EOS R3 and the 1DX Mark III, and I came to pretty much the same conclusions, that it, the EOS R3 is almost identical to the 1DX Mark III. Now, DXO rated it just a little bit higher, I think it's actually too close to call. I wrote a very, very long blog piece on this on my um, on my blog about uh, noise and um, dealing with noise from the EOS R3 and the 1DX. I created a series of presets for both cameras that are available for purchase for $10 through my website. Or if you've traveled with me on a workshop or expedition, just email me at info at com and I'll make those uh, presets available to you for nothing. But look, in long and the short of it was, I spent a lot of days analyzing files at various magnifications and coming up with one of the optimal settings for noise reduction. And in many ways, I concur with what DxO have said. The EOS R3 is an incredible low-light performer. Is it better than a 1DX Mark 3 I'm not so sure. I think it's as good as a 1DX Mark III which nevertheless is outstanding. So that's, um, that's pretty good performance. And it's good to know too, I mean, low light performance is extremely important in wildlife photography. Very often when the wildlife is active, it's very early in the morning or late in the day, and having great low-light performance, being able to go to ISO 6400 or 12800 and still get a really clean file that maintains detail is really important. I know that's something that's not so important in landscape nature photography, but certainly it is in in wildlife photography. So putting that aside, let's come to this issue of the EOS R3 shooting in high speed. So When I got the camera, and I talked about this in my last podcast in in episode 32, when I got the camera, I did some initial testing with the camera set in high speed mode or high speed plus where it's going at 30 frames per second. And what I was finding was that the camera would shoot for about five or six seconds and then stop uh, like it had hit a buffer issue. It would start again, stop again, start again. And it was like the, the camera was having trouble clearing the buffer. What didn't make sense to me was... That the card I was using, one of the Sandisk High Speed cards, is capable of writing out files at fourteen hundred megabits per second. And it's more than fast enough to write thirty frames a second at twenty-four megapixels. Uh, I spoke with this at length about this issue at length with my friend Dave in the States, who'd also taken delivery of an EOS R three, and he confirmed uh, the same as me. He was finding exactly the same thing. The camera would would start shoot for about five or six seconds, and then it would stop and stutter. And this is a real problem. When I talked about why it was a real problem, again, in the last podcast, I'll just touch on it again briefly. But basically, if you're waiting for a bird to take off from a perch, particularly a high speed bird or bird that moves very quickly, small birds especially, quite often the only way to catch the decisive moment is to be shooting continuously waiting for the bird to take off. And then you delete all the files before the bird actually took off takes off. But the problem with that is, with the EOS R3 is, you very quickly run into this buffer or processor issue where the camera st- stalls and it just doesn't work. Now, that's not an issue in the 1DX Mark III. You can shoot non-stop continuously. You just never hit a buffer. Well, as it turns out, there is a workaround for this that was found by my friend Dave in the States. And I spoke with him. He actually emailed me earlier this morning, my time. I, when I saw his email uh, with the solution, I immediately grabbed my EOS R3 and tested it and he's right what he's found actually works so I just want to take a moment and say thanks to Dave for that because this is a solution that I may never have found um, and I think you know may have been stumbled upon by many by sheer luck but it's well worth knowing if you want to shoot the EOS uh, 3 uh, in high speed plus mode 30 frames per second continuously now I believe that the issue is being caused by the processor as I said so out of the box A Canon EOS R3, the metering button or the shutter button is set to obviously take a picture, but also to meter the frame. Now, I always shoot in back button focus, and I know my friend Dave does as well. So we can automatically configure our cameras for back button focus, where the shutter button remains the shutter button, but still doing the metering with the back button focus button obviously doing focus. What that means, though, is that the camera is metering between frames. Now if you set the shutter button to AE lock instead of, instead of start metering and you have the autofocus back button also doing the start metering, what happens is the camera will actually shoot at 30 frames per second non-stop. Well again, I got bored after about 20 seconds of holding the, the shutter down. It just keeps on going. It doesn't run into this processor or buffer issue. So what that tells me is that the processor in the EOS R3 cannot meter and shoot at 30 frames per second it's just not fast, the process is just not fast enough to meter between every single frame and shoot at 30 frames per second. But if you set the camera up with the shutter button set to AE lock and have the autofocus button start metering, as well as doing the autofocus, the camera will shoot at 30 frames per second unlimited. Now what's happening if you set the camera up this way is that the camera, when you push the back button focus, that is obviously starting the focus, but it's also starting the metering. But when you hit the shutter, it's, and hold it down, it's locking the meter reading and then it's continuing to shoot at 30 frames per second with that particular meter reading. Now, that's actually ideal. You really don't want a meter between every single shot when you're shooting at 30 frames per second, particularly if you're shooting a blackbird with white underwings, for example, because that can throw off the exposure. So a very, very interesting find by Dave. Absolutely, I've tested this. It works. It means that the Canon EOS R3 can go at 30 frames per second unlimited, You just need to set it up in such a way to allow it to do so. I'm really excited about this because it removes that limitation where by Another good example of this might be if you're shooting breaching whales and you're waiting for the whale to breach, you never know when it's going to happen, so you have to be just be shooting continuously, and then you delete all the frames that uh, before the whale breached. Uh, now, you couldn't do that out of the box with the EOS R3, but by do- setting up your camera this way, you absolutely can. So I think this is important enough that I've actually detailed what to do on my blog at blog.jhulko.com on how to set up the camera so that you can actually set I actually shoot at 30 frames per second unlimited. That's really well worth doing out of the box. Highly recommend that. Um, as I said, I'm really excited about this because this has removed that limitation that I felt was really a bit of a deal breaker almost on the EOS R3. You know, I said that Canon had potentially crippled this camera in my last podcast. Well, I have to take that back. They haven't. Uh, what they have done, though, is... Um, given us the ability to go at 30 frames per second, provided unlimited, provided the camera is set up correctly. Uh, so you must set it up correctly to do that. It will not do it out of the box. Out of the box, you're going to run into this stuttering problem where the camera shoots for five or six seconds in high speed plus and then stalls. So that is something, as I said, I'm very excited about that, that limitation being removed. I believe now that this makes this probably the best wildlife camera available out there at the moment. Uh, I haven't tested the Nikon Z9. I don't shoot Nikon, so I probably won't be going down that path of testing it. But to be honest, when I looked at the weight of that camera, it really kind of put me off a little bit. But I think that camera is probably going to have just as good an autofocus system as the EOS R3. But this ability to go at 30 frames per second unlimited com- combined with DxO's... Um, determination that this is producing the best low-light files uh, of a full-frame camera, I think really make this just about the perfect wildlife camera. So I'm very excited to get it up. The only thing left to do now with this camera for me really is to get it up into the cold, which I'll be doing in February in Finland. Uh, I really cannot wait for that. I'm looking for, hoping for a seriously cold winter, minus 30 and below. And that's when I'll put this camera through its cold weather paces and see how it stands up. And then I'll make the decision about whether this camera comes with me to Ellesmere Island for the White Wolf in um in March. Because the cold weather performance is really going to be potentially the Achilles heel for this camera. Again, I'll know more once I've tested it in Finland. But very excited for this fix today. Again, my thanks to Dave um, for finding this for finding this fix. He tells me that uh, he found it sort of by mistake. He was um, just going through the R3 menu, setting it up the same as he had his 1DX set up. And this is how he'd had set his 1D X up for birds that were coming to his feeding post. Um, tested it himself, found it, emailed me. I tested it, confirmed it. It works. We're excited. It's fantastic. So I think that's where we'll wrap it up for today. Just a reminder, if you want to help support the podcast, you can buy me a coffee. There's a link in the show notes. That just helps with the uh, running of the podcast. It costs me about $25 a month to run the pod- host and run the podcast. So if you can Buy me a coffee. That's very, very much appreciated. Those of you who have done so already, thank you very, very much. That's it for today. I'm Josh. It has been the, what is it today? The 15th of December. We are very close to Christmas now. I am going to try and do one more podcast before Christmas. I say 15th of December, 2021. I'm Josh. I look forward to seeing you out in the field. Take care.